Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Death podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning <laughs> in. Quick reminder before we start. Make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment, all that good stuff, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Miami Herald. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, draft week is finally upon us. The NFL's three-day event starts Thursday night in Kansas City and spans through Saturday where the final four rounds will be taking place. The Miami Dolphins, as you know, or if you don't know, uh, for the second consecutive season, don't have a first-round pick. Um, a little different from last year. Last year they traded their first round pick to the Chiefs in the trade package that brought back Tyree Kill to Miami. This year they were supposed to have two, but if you remember back in July, uh, tampering Tom Brady, NFL, and Sean Payton, NFL took that first rounder away. Uh, the second one, which they got from the 49ers a couple years back, uh, they sent that to the Denver Broncos in the trade that got Bradley Chubb. We actually got the opportunity to speak to Bradley Chubb. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, so definitely check out the story on him and how he's feeling to be reunited with uh, new defensive corner Vic Fangio, who was his head coach back in there. But we got to get back to you know the the, the nitty gritty, which is the draft. Uh, the Dolphins held the pre-draft news conference last week. We spoke to uh, GM Chris Greer as well as assistant uh, GM Marvin Allen about uh, their plans. Not really their plans because you know they don't divulge those top state secrets, um, but just their overall thought process entering uh, the three-day event. We also got to speak to Tua Tungvalu for the first time in a news conference since Christmas Day. So we got a lot to break down in this episode, but as always, we're going to start with the draft, where, uh, as I said before, the Dolphins have a league low four picks, um, a lot of wheeling and dealing in Miami the past couple of years, so just four picks, um, but they do have two day two picks. They have a second rounder and a third rounder, number 51, and number 84. Uh, there's a lot of projections, prognostications, predictions, desires, demands from Dolphins. I know the daggone thing. We know, but this is that's that's the fun in it all. Um, but nonetheless, I mean including the people picking if you if you see their draft record. <laughs> just throwing darts. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I mean, but, but nonetheless, uh, you know, interesting um, potential option at number 51. Um, the Dolphins doing a lot of the legwork in free agency. As we know, they've uh, really built this roster up to a point where um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, AFC contention, contention for the division. Um, you know, players and coaches are actively speaking about Super Bowl, and it's not far-fetched. Um, so this is an opportunity at 51 really to uh, to get a real difference maker. You know, I was on a conference call last week with um, NFL Network's uh, Daniel Jeremiah. And he said, yeah, the Dolphins can get a darn good player at 51. Um, again, darn not good darn good player, not a good player, darn good, darn good player. Darn good player. Um, so, you know, it's this is an interesting. Topic. It's an interesting draft because, uh, you know, different from some years where, you know, the the overall sentiment is maybe it's not, you know, as uh 
it's not as deep of a draft in some in some areas. Um, you know, you talk about the first round, and obviously the Dolphins not have a first round pick, but you talk about the first round, and people are saying there's only 15 to 17, maybe 20 max legitimate first round options. Um, but there are still some interesting names in, in that second round range where the Dolphins are going to be picking. And I think uh, where there's really going to be an opportunity for the Dolphins at the tight end position. You know, it's a position that we've talked about a lot the past couple months, weeks. Talked about it for a long time. They leave Mike Gusecki, Um, You know, they keep Durham Smythe, but, you know, they really don't have like that legit, like old school inline blocker. Um, this, for all the positions that are kind of viewed as kind of weak, kind of iffy, tight end class is the one where people are saying, all right, this is the best we've seen in years. Marvin Allen said last year, uh, last week, this is one of the better tight end classes, um, you know, you're going to see. And he thinks that a lot of these guys are going to go off the board really quickly. So that's a, that's a spot that, you know, obviously you got to, you know, see how the chips fall. Um, there's 50 teams that are picking or I guess yeah, 50 teams that are picking in front of the Dolphins. Um, but if you get to 51 and you see a legitimate tight end who you think can fill that, you know, that in line, that block and roll and also like do some things in the passing game. Um, I know some of the names that have been floated out there, Iowa, Sam Laporta, Georgia, Darnell, Washington, who might be the best blocker in the draft, regardless of position. You know, people are saying that he might be like an extra, um, extra offensive lineman. Um, there's some other names out there, but, you know, my mock draft, I, I had, you know, set it up where um, they, I had them taking Iowa, Sam Laporta, who I think can block. He can really do some things in the passing game. Um, I think that's the one position on this team where I'm like, I think the Dolphins can really find somebody in the draft on day two. And like, that can be like a day one starter plug in and make an impact. I think that, you know, if you look across the roster, there's not a ton of holes. If you draft a lot of positions, it's going to be more like depth guys, more backups, but that tight end spot is one where I think the Dolphins should really target uh, an instant impact. What, what are your overall thoughts on, you know, philosophy? Should the Dolphins, you know, draft for need, excuse me on day oh two. yeah i mean you're it, it second round is still a i think is a need round um uh, unless i mean you know, you always make you, you know everybody makes their big list and um unless somebody who's really high on your list you know just takes some weird strange like you know plinko chip fall to you then, you know, then I think you, you know, especially in the NFL draft, you have to look at need. And, uh, you know, the Dolphins do have a needed tight end. If it's a strong, strong suit in the draft, go for, go for it. But you have to wonder if they, you have to wonder if they like how many of these guys they like, who yeah. they like. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. We we don't know. We're we're all just right, judging right. and kind of they, in a vacuum. But yeah. they might a guy that we think is a good fit. They might say that's a terrible fit. So right, they 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 have problems with. They didn't like the way his mama taught you know raised him, or you know they got you know their daddy issues, or you know uh, turned the wrong way at the combine. I, they, they teams make judgments for very strange reasons. Um, when you would think they would just put on the film and judge a player by what kind of football player he is. Uh, they try to come up with all sorts of reasons to either A, take the guy they want, or B, take the guy they want like instinctively, or B, just not get out, not feel like they're too much out there in a limb. 
Um, so, yeah, we we don't know who they like in this tight end class. Um, I think you know Darnell Washington definitely he's going to be gone. He's yeah, that's yeah. Team. I was going to say like that's, that's. I'm not counting on it, but if he's there, I think that's the guy where you like just run up to it, the. It, just if he's the there, I want to know why. <laughs> that's like somebody that's like it's also almost like it's too good to be like true you kind of have person who's like that's like the person you look at and they're like man that that you know the 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 guy or the woman who's like you know just got seems to have it all going on and everything and they're in their late 40s but they've never been married <laughs> you're like why <laughs> why is this why is this person still there <laughs> why are they still on the table um and especially when you're talking the end of the second round, I mean, you, teams have already exhausted their first round picks and you got another, they come back around and, uh, you know, the carousel comes around again. They're still going, nah, no, nah, no, nah, we can't, we can't, we can't. Yeah. Nah. If he slips the Dolphins, the Dolphins probably need to pass him by. There's probably a reason. There's probably a reason, but uh, you know, the Iowa guy certainly looks good. Looks good. I mean, they've got a history of producing decent tight ends. Yeah. Um, I would say to find you know who whichever guy they they're in love with or they're in like with that you know can block because they got a lot of people who can catch a pass. Yeah. They need they need somebody who can you know who can block and who can block and catch a pass, not somebody who can pass and kind of get in front of somebody, you know, when you run once in a while, they, they, they need somebody to block that. That also would be a huge help to the offensive line. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, and obviously, I mean, there's offensive line is also a possibility as well at 51. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about how they kind of have two unsettled spots, left guard and right tackle. Um, I found it interesting that, uh, First question Chris Greer was asked last week was from our own Barry Jackson, and he said, is the expectation or do you plan on having Austin Jackson be the starting right tackle? And uh, Chris Greer's words verbatim were, you know, the expectation is that he's the starter. So, you know, uh, it's it's lion season around this time. I'm not saying they're lying, but maybe sometimes you kind of withhold the truth. Um, I know they did, they did bring in um, a veteran offensive lineman and for an offensive tackle specifically for a visit a couple of days back. Um, so, you know, Maybe they're doing their due diligence on that spot. I'm not sure if there's a there's an offensive tackle that's gonna be available at 51 that you know you can just kind of put in right as as a day one starter. Um that's obviously an option. You know, you got defensive line. Um one thing that stood out to me was um Chris Greer talking about, you know, they want to they through through it all, the, regardless of what needs they have and what kind of holes they have on the roster, they want to take the best player available. Um and, and he he know he mentioned how last year, you know, they took Channing Tindall at uh, at what was it? You know, number one hundred two with their first first pick that they had in the third round, and I was kind of a, a we. I mean, it was it was a pick that we thought that you know they had a need at a ten linebacker, but they, it was a it was a veteran field group. You had a lot of veterans in that group, so we didn't play a lot as a rookie. Um, but he mentioned, but Chris Beer mentioned that hey, we had a lot of guys on one year contracts, so you know, obviously you want to think of you know. 2023 but you also want to look ahead so that's why i think you know there's a possibility they take a defensive lineman because um, they don't need a starter at defensive line but they got a couple guys that could be free agents maybe you want to kind of plan for the future um, i think that's really important for for a team that is invested we talk about they've invested so much money in you know 
the next year or two in these big contracts, the way they've structured it, um, you know, it might come to, you know, ahead where you got to, you know, you got to make some changes. You have to maybe um, part ways with some veterans and then you need some younger guys to kind of step into those positions. Um, so I, I think there's a good chance. I mean, there's definitely a possibility we see them take a position that we're kind of like, what? Like, you really don't need it. You don't need somebody there. But, uh, you know, on their board, it was somebody that they had at the top of their list. And regardless of, you know, where the roster was currently set, they wanted to take that guy. I also, you know, I don't think it hurts to like beef up the defense to, to you know, stockpile players. Uh-huh. Defense. Why not? Why not? It's not like there's not injuries aren't going to happen. It's not like guys don't, you know, it's not like that defense was the steel curtain last year, you know, <laughs> and, you know, maybe it wouldn't hurt to have, you know, you bring in somebody, you draft somebody and at your position, you're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought, I thought I was the guy, you know. So, and you realize it's hammered home once again. You got to prove you're the guy all, you know, all over again, you know, unless you are a true star. And, I, you know, I, I, I see the Dolphins' defense as having a lot of good players. Um, you know how many true stars they have: Xavier Howard, maybe Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, okay. You know, Javon Holland, Jalen Phillips are kind of budding, super, <laughs> budding stars. They're they're budding stars. They're they're on the uptick. Bradley Chubb is hey, you, into a Pro Bowl or two. Yeah, you know, Brad, Bradley Chubb. I think doesn't he know he needs to show these folks something for that first round yeah. pick. Today. I mean, he, yeah, we talked to him about it uh, a couple hours yeah, ago. Right, He's like, Hey, right. they brought me here for a reason. He, so, right. He he brought, he... They brought you here for a reason. And you know, nothing hammers at home. Like somebody else be, that, that reason was not fulfilled. Then some them saying, then bringing in somebody else in your position, drafting somebody younger than you, just in case last year was not an aberration and it was, you know, true slippage. Um, you know, so got no problem with beefing up the defense. Um, and I think it's sort of like shopping in a store. Also, don't don't take what you don't don't take what you only kind of like because it's on sale and because there's value there. You know. Um, I, I don't think you should do that in drafting. I, th- I think good mm-hmm. teams don't do that in drafting. You know, they they draft, you know, they draft what they like, um, and they draft who they like. And, you know, they have what fits, they know their profile of what fits their philosophy at that position. And they draft toward that. They don't worry about, they don't worry about projections. They don't worry about other, other, you know, they don't worry about everybody else unless they think that somebody else is working on the same philosophy and might get a guy ahead and they can, you know, they might try to move up. But, um, yeah, I just, I have no problem with them, you know, stockpiling defense and, you know, drafting more guys that, that even if, if, might push the defensive starters and, you know, might be filling for the inevitable injuries. 
Injuries yeah. happen. No, most definitely. The the other option that's been floated as well as, you know, a possible trade up. Um, you know, that's another thing that Greer was asked. Um, and obviously it's a little bit of a tough ask because again, the Dolphins only have four picks. They have a second rounder, third rounder, and then a sixth and seventh rounder. Um, but he did say that some teams in the bottom half of the first round have been calling about the possibility of, hey, a guy, if a guy that we like doesn't isn't available in the 20s, I'm I'm presuming. Um, would you be willing to, you know? You know, talk about a trade. He said no serious discussions, um, but that's it's been thrown out there. I mean, there was also uh, I know Peter King, um, you know, very respected journalist, uh, mentioned the possibility of you know Jameer Gibbs, the Alabama running back. Um, he's widely regarded as the number two back uh, in the draft class. Some people have him above B. John Robinson from Texas. Uh, you know, Peter King mentioned that Mike McDaniel might love to get his hands on a guy like uh, 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 Jameer Gibbs. Um, the question is, I mean, if you're trying to trade up from 51 into the f- back end of the first round, probably going to have to give up maybe probably a second next season, most likely a first to make that swap. Is that something you do for a running back? I'm not really sure about that. Uh, we've talked a lot about upgrading the running back position, Dalvin Cook and uh, the rumors there. Um, for me, I just I'm not sure if I do that for a for running back as good as he is, because I, I think he might be the most dynamic running back in terms of pass catching. Um, I don't know if that's a little too that's a little too steep for me to you know trade a first it, rounder as well as my the number 51 overall pick to to move all the way up into the first round. Maybe if he like drops it, into the third it, round, you get to the 40s. Third, late 30s, maybe, but I don't know about trading to the first round unless it's a offensive tackle type position or something like that, like uh, where, where you can really, really get a, a legitimate upgrade from what you currently have. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if they're really in love with the guy, okay, I guess, but. And this is this is also a draft class too. I mean, we always say this, I feel like we say this every year, like you can find running backs in the later rounds, um, and not, this is a very right. good and running back and class. And, you, and you've also, yeah, you've, and you're sitting here with guys who, you know, they know your system. They know you like how they run. Yeah, there's, you know, at some point there's going to be depreciation, major depreciation. But do you really see it now enough to spend that kind of pick on their that kind of, you know, capital to move up? And it's probably going to cost you a pick and you have other things you need to address. Yeah. Um, they only have five picks next year too, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like so, they need to they need to start like keeping these picks at some point and like right, you know, you have some to young start, players in the yeah in the right, you uh, have to start pipeline. using them and hitting on them. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think you know when you that's another thing. Teams when teams are looking to trade out, <laughs> there's a reason why they're trying trade to trade out. out. That's like saying, man, yeah, we we really don't. Nah, that's that's saying the club's not that not that good, so not yeah. that hot. So let's maybe maybe you don't need to trade into the club. You maybe you just need to go on to that bar you were headed for, you know, yeah. and see what's there and make your picks there. Um, I, yeah, I, I can't see. Man, unless there's somebody you just really love and they, they slip down and, you know, you're just real, they're really in love with the guy and it just completely fills a need. 
uh, trading in the first round just seems like yeah, that's a lot. It's a it's a yeah. steep it's a steep price for a team that only has four picks. Um, yeah. And again, and again, we talked a lot about how they they really feel confident in the running back position. But again, that's that's the allure of it all that that we just don't know. And the Dolphins certainly do have options on the table uh, for this three day uh, draft event. All right, we're gonna take a short break. But when we come back on the other side of things, uh, Tua Tagovailoa spoke at a news conference for the first time in several months, and he uh, divulged some very interesting information that has social media. TV networks and all the like uh, talking. Uh, we're going to break down his comments as well as talk about some some big news that took place uh, this week in the AFC East with Aaron Rodgers coming to town. Stay locked with us. We'll be back soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins of That Podcast with David Neal talking all things Dolphins. Now, in the first half, we previewed the 2023 NFL draft. What the Dolphins should do four picks, a lot of options. Uh, second half, we're going to go back a week uh, because Tua Tungabailoa had his first news conference since Christmas Day. Um, as you all know, uh, sustained his second concussion, diagnosed concussion, was effectively shut down for the rest of the year. Um, haven't heard a lot from him in the months since that happened. He had his Luau event, uh, fundraiser event a couple of weeks back where we did speak to him, but this was the first time where we spoke to him extensively about that second stint in the concussion protocol, how he's feeling, what he's done this offseason, what he's been told. And uh, he made some headline shaking news. Uh, with some comments where in which he said that he considered retirement for a time uh, as he kind of spoke with his family um, about what he should do going forward. And the exact quote is, I considered it for a time, having sat down with my family, having sat down with my wife, having those kinds of conversations. But really, it would be hard for me to walk away from this game with how old I am with my son, I always dreamed of playing as long as I could to where my son knew he was wa- knew what he was watching his dad do. He continues and says, it's my health, it's my body. I feel like this is what's best for me and my family. I love the game of football. If I didn't, I would walk away a long time ago. Now, Tua went on to talk about um, how he spoke to several uh, independent neurologists, what they've told him. He, they said that uh, CTE isn't much of a, of a concern for him um, as compared to, you know, players that are really banging like their helmets together, like offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers. He also said that, uh, you know, similar to what Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel told us, he's not any more prone to concussions. Um, you know, the extended time away um, uh, helped him, um, you know, sitting on the sideline, not taking those hits. He talked about some of the jujitsu stuff that he's been doing, um, you know, trying to tuck his head and just kind of the uh, specifics of, you know, just, putting yourself in a position where, you know, your, your body isn't taking those hits um, that may be conducive to head injuries. Um, but obviously it was the retirement comments that really, um, you know, got a lot of people's eyes. And I got to say for full context, transparency, I was the one that actually asked that question. I said, you know, truthfully through it all, um, at any point, um, did you consider walking away? Because again, this was something that 
was discussed a lot by a lot of people on the outside. They said Tua needs to retire. He shouldn't be playing. You know, he shouldn't come back. He shouldn't risk his health. And I was just curious, you know, we've heard a lot from the outside, but I was wanting to know what he was thinking internally. And, you know, shout out to him, credit to him. He was very uh, transparent and forthcoming with that. Um, I don't know what I expected him to say, um, but my reaction was that it was a very normal reaction for him to to think that. Um, I mean, we might be understating how tough, you know, the past couple months have been for him, you know, in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, being knocked out in national television in Cincinnati in, in that night primetime game. Um, you know, even the couple of days before what he went through with hitting his head and going through the protocol and whatnot and, you know, having to answer questions uh, through league investigations and whatnot. And then obviously the second time uh, where he seemingly plays through a concussion um, and then he's sidelined for the, uh, uh, you know, several months, you know, can't play in the final couple games, the final uh, season ending loss. Playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I asked him as well, too. I asked before I was like, what's it been like? And he's like, you know, it, it's been tough. Um, because I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be, uh, you know, with my teammates. And he even said, you know, like we we asked him, you know, it was asked to him, um, you know, were you close to returning? Because we never really knew where he was in the protocol. We didn't see him on the field um after that Christmas Day game. Um, and he said, Hey, I don't know where I was in the protocol, but he's added, um, you know, if Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel went up to him and said, you know. You're, you're good he said i would have been i would have jumped out there and i wouldn't i would have played so i just tells you where his mindset was in terms of um really wanting to be out there wanting to play no matter what of course. um but i felt like it was a very normal reaction i felt like it's almost a little bit like i think the reaction was a little bit overblown like i thought i would have thought more if he said excuse me i would have thought more if he said like nah it never crossed my mind like he i thought that would have been almost like negligent you know with his with his health and whatnot um I think he said the right things. You know, he he we talked about it like he's going through jujitsu. He's you know he mentioned he said said it said it said it again. He's trying to strengthen his body to sustain a season. I mean, he knows what people are saying about him being injury prone, and he's doing what he can. Um, he said to to get bigger, to get stronger, and to last an entire season because we keep on saying it like that's the only question about him. I mean, if he's on the field, they're one of the best offenses in the NFL. Um, so he's doing whatever he can to be on the field. We don't know if it'll work, um, but I think he's saying the right things. Um, I completely understand him saying, I consider retirement for a time. He has a little baby that um, was just born last year. He's a newlywed wife. Um, this is all normal. This is all normal. Um, if God forbid these, these issues pop up again, I mean, yeah, there's going to be tough conversations. Um, we just don't know. But he says he's had the reassurance from the independent doctors that he's good to go. Um, and all we can do is hope that, you know, he's, he's good and he doesn't have this setback. Well, you, you know, and if you're not well enough to do this thing that you've always done and that, that means, I mean, there's, there's symptoms there. There's, you know, if it's headaches or there's, there's disc, there's ex there's discomfort beyond the usual there and there's a tremendous worry especially if you have a kid because you're thinking you know you don't want you you don't want any problems i, I, th I think if you're a thinking parent and i look i'm a, I'm a parent and i don't you know 
I've gotten much less judgmental of other parents as, as I've become a parent, the longer I am one. But I do think if you're a thinking parent, you do kind of, you work, you, you worry about, you think about, you know, am I going to be, am I putting myself in a position to, you know, be there for my kid? Or am I putting myself in a position where my kid's going to have to be there for me? at too young an age. And so naturally you would think about retire, you know, you would think about, okay, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're not well enough to play and you're, you know, they're holding you, these people whose jobs are on the line They're you know, they're keeping in, in a business not known for, you know, being having the biggest consideration beyond you know their own job and their own butt. Those people are keeping you out of the game. So that says a lot, and I'm yeah, it is natural to be thinking, okay, wait a minute, maybe do I need to be doing? Is this necessary? You know, he's already made a jackload of money. Okay, I'm it's quite also sure. The opportunity to make a lot more money, like generational. It's also the opportunity to make a lot more money. Generational wealth, but right, right, it's generational wealth. But if 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 you don't know the next generation, <laughs> you know, if you're in a situation where you have to be to- repeatedly told who the next generation is, then you know that's not generational wealth. <laughs> you know. You're, um, you know, the the thinking that the health and not wanting to burden your your spouse or your kid, your child who is you know just a baby now, and you're thinking, okay, I don't want I want this kid to know, yeah, I want this kid to watch me play, but I also want this kid to know, know Tua, right? You know, not. And not be, you know, some absent that absent-minded guy, you know. You know, we have to, you know, leave notes for around the house or something. Okay, um, so I think it's natural to think, you know, do I cut it off here? that's very hard for any athlete at that level to do that. And even, you know, with, you know, even if something like concussions are hanging for you, you see athletes who, you know, they'll fight through knee injuries. They'll fight through it. You know, concussions are a scary thing. It's probably the scariest of them all because it is your head. It is the one thing that, you know, you kind of want to keep, keep about you after your, you know, your career is done. Okay. You you expect everything else to hurt. There's going to be some things that are not never going to be completely right, but you kind of want the head. Okay. So you can enjoy, you know, your kids, your spouse, your grandkids, um, your cousins, your uncles, you know, your father, your mother. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy thing to think about 
but it, and it's also but it's also a hard thing for athlete for an athlete to say yeah i'm done and not, it's not the money it's the competing and that feeling of sunday you know when they run out in the field and that feeling of the locker room when you're part of it and you're part and and you are a leader in the locker room and you're part of this group that is accomplishing something and it's trying to fight together to accomplish something. You hear so many athletes say that what they what they miss is, especially in the sports that do a lot of travel, what they the saying is they miss the back of the bus as much as anything. And I think with NFL players, you have that, plus you have, there's only 16 games, or 17 games, rather, sorry, 17 games. And that puts so much more importance on everyone and the building up of, you know, that builds up during the week to the, the, the big, you know, this big, this big game and this big event. And I think it puts an even more like rush, feel, you know, electricity to playing in the in those games. So it's and it's very hard to walk away from that, um, especially if you feel like maybe you're not done. Maybe there's maybe there's more there. What if you know? I'm sure he's thinking. They're thinking what if this is the year? What if this is the year that he plays all 17? What if this is the year that it all comes together and, you know, he's part of a Super Bowl winning team? So, yeah, there, I'm sure there's a lot go, there was a lot going on there. And I'm sure there were a lot of discussions uh or some hard discussions. There might not have been a lot of discussions, but there were some, you know, serious discussions. Let's say with uh, with with the spouse. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, people people underestimate how the roles of the wives and you know the lives of players and coaches. They really do because you know we're all yes, these are you know all you know, big strong alpha males and everything, but we're also they're also people and just they're also husbands you know and you know they've got wives who have their own who you know have their have their own ideas about the future and you know what's best for the family so um yeah, I mean, like you said, it was very tough. You know, he said it would be very tough for him to walk away, just again, given his age um, and you know everything that you know he he's put into it. And again, he, I think that the the, the biggest thing here is that you know the team, the, the higher ups on the team said that they were given the medical assurances. He said he's been given the medical assurances. I know that there's always going to be questions about the hand. I think we're always going to be a little skeptical given what he went through, you know, being put out there four days after he took that bump to the head against the, against the bills. Um, but, you know, he had to go through a long process. He had to see people that were, you know, neurologists and specialists that were independent of the team of the NFL. Um, 
they've given him the assurance that he's good to go. Um, so again, all you can kind of do at this point is hope that, you know, he stays healthy because, um, you know, we, we don't wish injury on anybody. You know, we, we know his capabilities. We've seen it. Um, so now it's just a matter of, you know, putting it all together and staying on the field. All right, before we get out of here, we got to touch on uh, some some quick AFC East news. After, you know, several weeks, months, uh, just stand on the TV, glued to the TV to see a it. Long courtship. Uh, <laughs> a, lo- a long courtship. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, the New York Jets finally finished the trade with the Green Bay Packers to acquire uh, Super Bowl winning, MVP winning quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, a lot of different trades and whatnot, uh, draft picks going back and forth from trade. But essentially, um, it's a pick swap. Uh, the Packers and the Jets uh, swapping first-round picks in, in Thursday's first round. Um, and, and then essentially, like the, the real crux of this of this trade is an additional second-round pick um, that could become a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of his games in uh, 2023. Now, essentially, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, uh, Packers are going to get a first-round pick. Um, but nonetheless, it adds a lot of juice to an AFC East division that you could say might be the toughest, the hardest division in the AFC. I mean, I mean, in the, in the league, I mean, you got the Bills, obviously. You got the Dolphins who finished two uh, last year of upgrading the roster. And now you got a Jets team that, you know, was very competitive despite maybe some of the worst quarterback play. And then obviously <laughs> you, got, you, got the, you got the Patriots rounding it out and whatnot. And, you know, they're the Patriots always going to be in the mix. But it's looking like they might be a, a distant, you know, in the right. Yeah. But but still, that's that's always a tough out. The question is, is this? I mean, we're, we're, are the Jets uh, staking a claim to you know jump the Dolphins in twenty twenty three, potentially compete for uh, you know the AFC East crown? Because Vegas, we always talk about Vegas. Uh, they they got the second best odds in the uh, the division. That being. Uh, the New York Jets over the, the Dolphins. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, that's what Vegas is saying right now. Well, I mean, if the Jets' defense is what it was last year, and Aaron Rodgers is still even 80, 85% of Aaron Rodgers, that could be something. That's that's a, that's a, that's a big problem for everybody because uh, they uh, you know he really Tom Brady's had the greatest career of any quarterback ever, um, but if you want to talk about the various abilities, physical abilities of a quarterback and that have been demonstrated on an NFL field. Boy, it's real hard to beat Aaron Rodgers for that combination. I mean, he, you know, nobody likes to call him a dual threat quarterback, even though he has been his whole career. He makes throws that nobody else would dream of trying uh, and he makes them regularly. Like, like you're, you're like shocked if he doesn't. Like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He just did. He just did that throw. That you know, that fifty yard throw on the rope. You know, throwing back against his body. That nobody else. You would get benched for trying if you're if you're most other quarterbacks. Uh, and 
he's done it for a very long time. And I don't know. I don't know what the only thing I would question is like what kind of I'm sure he he comes into that locker room. It's instant, obviously instant respect, instant status. Um, but is he the kind of guy that I don't know brings that can really pull a team along leadership wise? Like he that it's a new team. Like he did it in 2010 with the Packers. He dragged that team. Not, we have never seen a quarterback drag a team to a championship like that. Yeah, they, 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 they literally were losing everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, you got a great tight end. He's gone. You got a great running back. Let's take him out for the season. They, they, he won Super Bowl MVP. His his receivers set an unofficial record for drops. I mean, you know he, but he was there the whole time. He's always you know. You went to the Packers, you knew, okay, Aaron Rodgers is the guy. When you're coming into a new situation, there's a new dynamic, and it doesn't always work the same way. Yep. You know, um, see Brett Favre when he went to New York in the Jets. Um, there was a physical issue near the end of that season, but there's also it just never felt like he was, you know, in control of that of that team in that locker room, the way he would have been in green Bay and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, different guy, interesting personality. Um, that would be the only question I'd have. Otherwise, if he's physically close to being what we've seen for the last 14 years, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, and, man. Uh, that's a real problem. And because he finds he finds ways to beat you, he finds ways to do ridiculous things. And as much as any quarterback, I think who's ever played the game. And, um, yeah. So and he's and like I said, the Jets have a defense. If that defense is close to that level again. Yeah, they were a top five last year. Um, yeah, and they might not need to be top five. Yeah, I mean, the pieces, the pieces are there for sure. I mean, especially, right. especially, especially on offense. I mean, I think it's definitely an upgrade over what he had in his last season in Green Bay. Um, you know, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Brees Hall, um, another running back that I'm blanking on the on the name of, but they have two good running backs. I'm really just signed McCall Hardman um, from the Chiefs. They got Alan Lazard. You kind of joined him from Green Bay. Um, and you know, he he has his old play call, Nathaniel Hackett, who. You know, didn't work out as the Broncos head coach, but he has that familiarity um, with him back when he was offensive coordinator of the Packers. So, I mean, pieces are there. Um, I know this is a move that was kind of met with some skepticism, um, some jokes on, on, on Twitter. I think maybe it's because it's the, it's the it's the Jets, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's yeah. kind of good to troll them and whatnot. But 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 I, I think, yeah, I think it makes the division th- just that much tougher. Um, I, I will say, though, I, I still would take the Dolphins. Um, I, I think that... I'll say I don't know if the I don't know if the Dolphins defense will be as good as uh will be better than the Jets defense. Um, but the pieces are there. I I will say one thing. We where we kind of know more or less what to expect with uh the Jets defense. Um, you know, there's some questions about how how much how long it's gonna take for things to come together on the offense. And then you look at the Dolphins where more or less, if, like we say, if two is in the lineup, we kind of know what to expect on offense. 
Whereas Vic Fangio, um, you know, you the expectation is that they're going to be, you know, a, a real good defense. So they're going to improve. Um, but you still got to still got the pieces still got to come together and whatnot. Right. Um, so it's kind of just kind of certainty on one <laughs> side of the ball, a little bit of uncertainty, but potential on the other side of the ball. And um, I mean, it's going to it's going to be a bloodbath in the division, though. I mean, I, I will say I was looking at the, the schedule and it's like the AFC East. They have to play each other in the division. Um, they have to play the NFC East. As well as the AFC West, so those are those are t- like it's not a cakewalk. You know how we talked about the schedule. You get like three three weeks where you kind of can beat up on some teams. Ooh. I don't think that's going to be the, that's that's that's, that's not going to be the case this year. Um, but still, I, I, I like the Dolphins. I think that they're 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 top end potential. I mean, the, we we know we just know how lethal this offense is when Tua is in there with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, um, and, and I do think that the defense is going to rise to the occasion and 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 do their part. Um, but now it's, 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 it's going to be hard. I mean, when you look at it, you know, the way the the playoff seedings are set up now, obviously you have the division, four division winners, and you have three uh, wildcard spots. Um, I don't know if the second team from the AFC East is going to make it into a wildcard spot because they might just right. beat up on each other. It might be like the last week of the season, you got like eight, nine wins, and you're trying to get a 10th win to, to get in. Like, I, I don't know. Um, right. What I do know is we're going to have a lot of late nights. Because the Jets are gonna have a lot of primetime games, Dolphins are gonna have primetime games. So I'm gonna be up late a couple of nights uh, in the fall and the winter. Um, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that because as a writer, I'm, I'm not really fond of uh, the late night games and you know not being able to hit deadline. I like the 1 p.m. games. I like getting there one, following my story, getting back home for Sunday night football. <laughs> There's gonna be a couple of weeks where I'm gonna be in yeah, yeah. a press box still too, but you know that comes with the territory. See, I- I, I I agree. I agree. I, I have appreciation for that. Uh, there's there was also I like kind of I started to like those weeks where they they played on like a Monday night or you know or something and, and you and you could sit there and watch the one o'clock and the four yeah. o'clock and that's and true that's true and chill out. But yeah, yeah. I no, I understand what you're I understand what you're saying. Of course, our print deadlines. Uh, yeah, you're not you're actually not gonna have to worry about that. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> if you're looking for breaking news, it's not in the Miami Herald Plan edition, folks. That's that's not happening. So, but it's online. Definitely online. Just like this will be. And um, so, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun this be a fun season for the AFC East. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of excitement in the NFC East. I mean, we talked to Bradley Chubb. Um, he said, you know, he's excited to have another top flight quarterback. You know, he gets to get his hands and sack another uh, big time quarterback. So, I mean, those matchups are definitely going to be appointment television in 2023. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page, like, share, comment, as well as subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, draft starts Thursday night. Dolphins don't have any picks, but Friday and Saturday, they're going to be active. So you definitely want to stay locked onto the Miami Herald website. Uh, we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage. Everyone the Dolphins pick, as well as afterward on Saturday, or excuse me, on Friday and Saturday, Chris Greer, Mike McDaniel speaking about those selections, the thought process, all that. Um, so you definitely want to stay locked to at, my Merit website. And after the NFL draft, we have team by team capsules from yours about- truly. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, talking about how well, how you know, how well, or you know, how teams did, and uh, yeah, they 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 might actually even be accurate. Who knows? Yeah, I, yeah. I actually remember Chris Johnson. Like some people don't remember because he like was so fast and like career went by. Like you know, in, I remember Chris Tennessee Titans. Yeah, CJ. Yeah, yeah. I oh I I, I yeah. I, I, I I think I gave him a D for taking him. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say. Shows how much you knew. Yeah, I've I done said, stories where we've gone back and looked at our grades. But no, there will be no grades, but there will just be summaries of each team, and in addition to all the uh, all the content that Daniel will be putting out, and of course, we'll be here the week after to go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Because you know, afterwards we'll act like we know something, as we always do. Yeah, <laughs> just to find out that we knew nothing. We know uh, nothing. We yeah. know nothing. But yeah, it's a, yeah. a fun know week. Were... Yeah, but a fun weekend coming up. Obviously, the draft. Uh, we got the Heat uh, on the brink of knocking off the number one seed. Uh, got the Marlins looking. Yeah, I mean, a little better than average, respectable, I guess. Uh, so as always, you know, definitely want to stay locked onto the Miami Herald website. Um, uh, th- th- there's another team in the playoffs still. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, it's it's not looking good without the playoffs. Yeah, the Panthers they just as well. Eleven nothing last night. <laughs> Panthers as well. We got all we got all the sports uh, <laughs> going full throttle uh, in South Florida. But we'll be back next week to recap another week of Dolphins football. Recap the draft as well as look ahead. Um, you guys enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you next week. See it. <laughs> <laughs>